Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Denver three of nine on third down. This is third and ten. Wilson a deep drop in the shotgun. Loads it up. He's got a receiver there. Swain makes the catch and dives inside the Charger 30. Freddie Swain gets up. Walks like I do when I wake up Monday mornings, grabbing his hip and just trying to get some help. <laughs> but it is, it is a gain of 52 yards. The former teammates in Seattle, first down at the Charger, 24. It's a pretty good one, Dave. Pretty good. Pretty good. Grabbing his hip like I do on Monday morning. And it is Monday morning here. And the Broncos get the win of the Chargers, 31-28. Denver, 471 yards of total offense. Most since 2016, I think, is what you... Yes. The number you referenced earlier. Average just under six yards per play. Love that. Kind of wish it was that way all season, but, you know. Russ, 283, three touchdowns and a pick yesterday. Latavius Murray. Yeah, I don't know what the future holds for Latavius Murray. I hope he comes back. Could he be a backup? For Javante, possibly. Because Javante might not be back until a solid yeah. like halfway through next year. So I think you're still probably gonna have to draft a running back. But Murray yesterday, 15 carries, 103 yards. Tyler Beatty catching a touchdown pass, first touch in an NFL game. <laughs> and like, who is this guy? Who? Jerry Judy with a strong game yesterday. Five catches, 154 yards. Cortland Sutton, touchdown catch yesterday. Good win for the Broncos against the Chargers team. You're going, why, why is Justin Herbert still out there in the third quarter? What, 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 what are you this? doing? What are you Mike doing? Mike Williams Justin gets Taylor? hurt, back injury. Not not sure what I, I guess I understand what Brandon Staley he want he wanted his team to go out, execute, have some things to build on, go into the playoffs. You can. How about do that in a quarter if you feel like you really need to do that? Because all because they weren't playing, they weren't going to improve their playoff spot. They were where they were going to be. I believe what the fifth spot, fifth seed against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, so you're not or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you're not going to improve your spot. You are where you're going to be. Then why are you playing guys and in, starters into the third quarter? What's going on there? It's. You know, it's one of those things where you're you're scratching your head because this is not the first time that Justin Staley has made a rather questionable decision this late in the season in one of the last games of the year. Just you're again these these decisions that he's making. You're going, what is why why are you doing that, dude? Brandon Staley, not Justin Staley. I knew, I knew you'd catch yourself. Um, I, I just, yeah, didn't didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, okay, guess sure, why not? And then they go for two, and you're just kind of going, well, I, I I guess I admire the fact that you want to play it out here, like you know, like you have something to play for, but when you've got you got starters that get hurt. That doesn't Not make good. it. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, fine. If you want to go for it with two with your backups and stuff, and which they did with Chase Daniel being in there, 
But I, I just, yeah, it was it was bizarre to see Herbert still out there. He's like, why is Justin Herbert still out there? In the third quarter. Anyway, Denver gets a win. Nice way for a Jerry Rosberg to finish his interim stint as Broncos head coach. And, of course, we'll get into it with uh, Benjamin Albright, 850-KOA Broncos country tonight. Top of next hour, when will the Broncos talk with Jim Harbaugh? It's supposed to be this week. And then what does he know about the apparently agreed-upon compensation for Sean Payton if Payton decides he wants to coach the Broncos? Because that's a major sticking point. Apparently, there's some agreement there from what I was reading over the weekend. That's a huge hurdle. Now the now the other hurdle is, does Sean Payton want to come to Denver and coach? Well, he's at least ex- he's going to interview with them. So right. if you're not, so I guess my, my thought about that is if you're not interested, why wouldn't you, you just say, you know what, it's it's not where I think I want to be. I, res- I appreciate you guys wanting to, to talk with me. So there's obviously some interest on the part of Sean Payton in this job. And, and what, what does that mean in terms of what kind of carrot is Greg Pinner going to offer Sean Payton? Is it lots of control over personnel? Essentially de-emphasizing the importance of the other Payton? Right. Spelled differently than George Payton? Let me offer this, though, because sure there would have to be some level of interest in order for Sean Payton to agree to be allowed to be interviewed. But could it also be a case of he just wants to feel wanted? I know that that sounds bad, but like, you know, is it a case where it's not so much that he has interest in the Broncos job, it's that he has interest in returning to coaching, period. So it's more about well, what is the interest level? Like, what's the interest level for from teams to him, you know? And if he's hearing, hey, you know, Broncos are interested in hiring you, and then, okay, you know, starting to kind of field some, not necessarily offers, but field some requests for interviews because he wants to know, is it real? Is this really viable that teams want me to come coach for them? Or... Not really, you know, and then at that point he can kind of make I'm, his... I'm going to just... Can I disagree with that. you on that quite a bit? And that's fine. I don't think... Sean Payton knows he's wanted. <laughs> Sean Payton knows he's a high commodity. I don't think he needs... No offense. I don't think he, he needs... He doesn't the, need the validation. He doesn't need the validation the Broncos reaching out to him. Because he knows there are plenty of teams, like now the Houston Texans, that could be interested in Sean Payton because they fired Lovey Smith today. And we're gonna we're gonna mention that in back, good call, bad call. Back to back <laughs> one season done in charge. David Culley the year before for Houston. Oh, it's a disaster there. It's it's a disaster. The one thing, getting back to Sean Payton and where he might coach next year, if he is coaching next year, which seems more than likely he will. The one kind of question mark that lingers is what about the Rams job? Because Sean McVay seems to be kind of on the outs. Team had a bad year this year. Lost Matthew Stafford to injury. Seems like he's kind of, you know, burned out. He His family wants him back at home more. 
he might go into TV. I think he'd make a great analyst. Right. I think he would do, you know, kind of in that same vein of like a Tony Romo type. I think he would be an excellent commentator. Maybe still a little grueling schedule, and maybe that wouldn't appease his family so much. But Sean Payton has said he wants to work in warm weather city, or at least that's what we've heard. That would be La La Land. Now, the Rams have also the same trouble that Denver has, which is lack of draft capital because we were all there for F them picks. So at that point, it boils down to, for Sean Payton, Number one, which team does he think is heading in a better direction, L.A. or Denver? And does he want to coach geographically in Denver or in Los Angeles? And and with McVay, he said he's going to take some time here to decide what he wants to do. Right. I, I could I could see Sean McVay being kind of the 21st century Dick Vermeil. Young coach, walks away goes and does TV for a long time because he's young. He's 36, I believe. I think that's Sean. Sean McVay's his mid-30s. Let's find out. Could go and do TV for a while and then say, you know what? I think I want to coach again. I, I've, I've got the itch. I want to do it again. 36, and, yeah. Yeah, so I, I could I could see him being kind of a a 21st century Dick Vermeil where got kind of burned out, decides he wants to move on, decides he wants to try something different. And then rekindles that passion for for being a head coach and still being young enough, you know, in his forties or whatever, whenever that time comes, right? To perhaps do it again. He only recently got married. He got married in twenty twenty two, and let's just let's not kid ourselves here. His wife is a rather attractive woman who probably wants him to be at home more. Probably wants. I think they have a kid on the way if if they haven't already. So, you know, to kind of... Okay, so if she was an unattractive woman, that would... She no, 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 She no, wouldn't no, want him at home? Just, just, no, 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 don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. I was like, wait Jim, a Jim. <laughs> what does that have don't, to do with don't, don't his do wife wanting him at home? Don't, don't you get me in trouble here. <laughs> Say that he doesn't want to be at home? What's, I, does she doesn't want him here? I don't know. Was... It's okay. Neither here it's nor all, there. It's, it's not I, relevant. I've just given you some grief this morning. It's okay. Anyhow... What I was trying to say. <laughs> say, go ahead. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where if he's if he's c- going to continue to be an NFL head coach, it it just it just seems like the timing really isn't right for Sean McVay to want to continue to be a coach with the current situation of where the Rams are. Is Matthew Stafford going to come back? Is Stafford he says he's coming back. So, so there you go. Now, he says he's g- going to be playing in 2023. Now, is he going to be playing for the Rams in 2023? Is he going to be playing somewhere else in 2023? That's kind of, you know, there's some questions there. It just, it it seems like for Sean McVay, who's going to take some time to figure things out, it seems like now's the right time to kind of walk away. It seems like now would be a great time for him to go, you know, work for network, st- you know, Stay close to home, be with his family. Maybe a studio guy in L.A. and yeah. it wouldn't be, yeah, maybe, maybe not do color necessarily and have to travel, but it could be a studio guy. And, and, I, and like I said, I think with with the vast knowledge that he has and the personality that he has, I think he would make he would be great for television. So, and any network that would hire him would would no doubt 
yeah. welcome his addition. So sure. I just think now is a good time for him to for him to step out, and then that opens up the Rams' job. And I think for Sean Payton, he's got to decide: does he want to? Would he want to take that LA Rams' job? How much autonomy they're going to give him in terms of personnel? I mean, you mentioned Les Snead and right the, the Rams' current GM. What what does that look like? And the same situation in Denver. What does that relationship look like with George Payton moving forward? So, got some thoughts on that today. You need to read the text today because having some computer issues over here. That we got some text in. Why don't you go ahead and fire those off there? All right. So, Jim, with, I don't have to. I don't have to read these every week. It could be somebody else. How about you today, Jim? With just a simple whoop whoop text this morning. Thank you, Jim. Good morning, Larry. Imagine from, is Lions winning? Larry from Clifton. Last two games, the Broncos have played with. Uh, uh, most of the Broncos fans thought that we would have all season. Personally, I think Sean Payton, we should hire Sean Payton, maybe even give Jerry Rosberg an interview. Khakis scares me with NCAA allegations of cheating. Uh, so first of all, for the same reason that Khakis, Jim Harbaugh scares you, Larry, about cheating allegations and, you know, the, the recruiting violations that they're under investigation for is also the same reason I'm scared of Sean Payton because... Bountygate. Bountygate. Got which, suspended for a year. Which turned into a Kevin James movie for some reason. <laughs> Where Kevin James doesn't look a whole lot like Sean Payton, but Not that's even okay. close. <laughs> you know, it's so... To acknowledge one and not acknowledge the other, I think it does a, a yeah. little bit of a disservice. Uh, unnamed texter for good, the bad, and the ugly... Well, let, me, uh, let me play some music for you. Okay. okay. Good. Broncos finished the season with a pulse. It's a good way to phrase it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. Bad. Broncos being in the top five come next draft, and we don't have the pick because nope. Seattle has it. Ugly. Jerry's boys imploding, dropping to the fifth seed. Thank you, Washington Commanders. Dan Snyder not even there at the last game of the season, and it was... Uh, Sam Howell getting yep. his first career first start. First NFL start, yeah. Let's see. Got one from Robert. Good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the Broncos won. The bad, the Packers lost. The ugly, uh, the team's correct regarding Rodgers. He looked miserable, continues to send out bad vibes. He either needs to be retired or traded. The guy's a downer. Who wants to be around <laughs> that guy? Well, somebody wants to be around him. Not his family. Also, may take Rodgers. I mean, there's uh, Denver would have been that team about a year Last ago. Last year when we hired Hackett. So. Yeah. Got one yeah. from Mountain Dave. Good morning, guys. Seems to me the O-line performance yesterday could indicate a reasonably solid depth in place for the future. At least, at, at the least, might reduce the number of guys they need to find for next year. Hopefully. Last but not least, Mike from Scottsdale. Good morning, muchachos. Strongly prefer Sean Payton over... He says Pete Harbaugh. I think he meant Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I see that situation in Ann Arbor getting ugly. Uh, sent this to you last night, Jim, but why is everyone always smiling oh. on Sunday night football? Yeah, hey, I'm, yeah. Mike from Scottsdale, sorry I didn't get back to you last night on that. Um, that's a good question because you know about Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy constantly smiling. He says I, Garrett and Dungy are just awkward. The smiles are like the twilight zone. Kind of creepy. Nice to see the Buffs play defense. And smoke both Oregon teams last week. Yeah, it's it's kind of 
cringe. The like awkward, like that movie Smile that I've that, not that seen. That was a weird movie. I've not seen it. I haven't seen it either. But, but all the like promotional material yeah. was weird. It freaked me out. Yeah. All right, we need to get around the NFL because we have Mary Doan, Central Girls Coach, coming up. Yes. So uh, let's go ahead and take a little trip around the National Football League. Today we'll start out with the Falcons beating the Buccaneers 30-17. to Or Desmond Ritter, pretty good game for the Falcons. 224, a couple of touchdown passes. Tom Brady, touchdown, 84 yards. I mean, they already clinched the South. and Right. But uh, Tyler Allgaier... 135 yards in that one yesterday as the Atlanta Falcons finished the season 7 and 10, Bucks 8 and 9 but heading to the playoffs. Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin refusing categorically to have a losing record under his belt. His Steelers get the 28 to 14 win, 9 and 8 to finish out the year. Kenny Pickett 13 of 29, a buck 95 and a touchdown in the win for the Steelers and Browns. All right, so you're going off a different scoreboard than I am. Which one are you going <laughs> I'm off using, of? Well, I'm using the mothership scoreboard. The, oh, so was I. Okay, well, I've, I've got... Because huh. I had Falcons, Buccaneers first, then I had... Well, let's go jump to it. The Patriots and the Bills. Okay. You, you skipped a game, maybe. That's okay. Either way, we got Patriots, Bills. I've got a highlight for Bills Patriots. Okay, so let's let's talk. Bill, obviously, a very emotional game yesterday. Yes, with uh, Demar Hamlin continuing to recover in a Cincinnati hospital, breathing tubes out. He's able to to communicate with everybody. And yesterday, a very emotional day as the Bills knock off the Patriots, thirty-five to twenty-three, and a huge opening kickoff setting the tone for the Buffalo Bills. We're underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Jim Nance on the call yesterday as the, the Buffalo Bills get not one but two kickoff returns for touchdowns in that game yesterday as they uh, roll over the Patriots 35 to 23 great uh, opening uh, acknowledgement of the medical staff oh yeah that saved the life of uh, Demar Hamlin at Cincinnati um, incredible incredible turnout for that game yesterday as the Bills get the victory 35 to 23 and yes my I'm having more fun with my computer <laughs> it's deciding to be very, very cranky, but yesterday, um, uh, Josh Allen, 254, it's finally cooperating. There you go. I, started, I was getting ready to yell at it. 254, three touchdowns and a pick for Josh Allen. And then uh, Mac Jones yesterday, 243 through the air, three touchdowns, three interceptions as the Patriots finish 8-9. and nine. The Bills, 13-3, and three, off to the playoffs as the second seed in the AFC. All right, is the next game you have Vikings-Bears? Yes. Okay. So... Minnesota with the win, 29-13 over Chicago. That solidifies the Bears getting the number one overall draft pick. Will they actually use it, or will they trade it away to maybe get some roster depth? We'll see. But for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 17 of 20, 225 and a touchdown. And then Nick Mullins coming in in garbage time, 11 of 13, 116 yards and a pick. But the Vikings with the 29-13 win, they are 13-4 and in to playoffs and the uh, NFC North champions. First time in years. Yeah. 
that they've um, that they've had the number one pick in the NFL draft. You also had Cincinnati defeating Baltimore yesterday, twenty-seven to sixteen. Both teams heading to the playoffs. Bengals finish twelve and four. Champions of the AFC North. The Ravens finish with a record of ten and seven. And yesterday, Joe Burrow for the Bengals. My computer. Well, there we go. Thank you, computer. Two fifteen and a touchdown. Joe Mixon had a touchdown run yesterday. And uh, Kenyon Drake had 60 yards and a touchdown for Baltimore. Anthony Brown, yes. Tyler Huntley hurt. Lamar Jackson still out. Anthony Brown, 286 through two picks yesterday. But both teams, as I mentioned, off to the playoffs. Here's the Bengals' defense scoring a late touchdown to get the win. Anthony Brown. Look out! Hendrickson. Ball's loose. It is. Reader got it. That keeps it in. Touchdown, Cincinnati. The great Kevin Harlan and CBS on the call there. Texans and Colts. What I love most about this game, Lovey Smith gets fired, and he probably knew he was going to get fired going into this game. So he says, all right, let's have a day, boys. Davis Mills, 22 of 38, 298, three touchdowns, two picks. 32-31, Houston gets the win, which knocks them out of the first overall pick. They'll be picking second in the upcoming draft. And uh, Lovey Smith out of the job. And he says, all right, fine. I'm out of the job. See ya. Probably double-fingered on the way out. <laughs> I would if I were him. You, you think Lovey's No, Lovey Smith didn't do that. Oh, you're right. You're right. He didn't do that. You're probably right. <laughs> no, I'd like to think that yeah, Lovey Smith's a classier guy. His name's Lovey, after all. You, Lovey. You, you can't have a name like Lovey and, and go all... Two fingers salute here. All right. You also had yesterday Miami beating the Jets for Miami to punch their ticket to the playoffs. What a weird score. Eleven to six yesterday. What an awful score. Was it the Mets taking on the Marlins? Right. I mean it's just a yeah, weird score yesterday. Tua Tonga Viola, of course, still out with a concussion. And uh, we'll see what happens if he's gonna be able to play coming up uh this weekend for the playoffs for the, the Dolphins. But the Dolphins nine and six. The Jets they finished seven and ten yesterday, as uh, they're able to to get the victory, as I mentioned, to, to put themselves into the playoffs. See, I'm I'm having a heck of a time with my computer this morning. It it's is all good. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Joe Flacco got the start for the Jets. 149 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and uh, Skylar Thompson, one-time Kansas State Wildcat. 152 through the air. Jeff Wilson Jr. 72 yards on the ground as the Dolphins move on to the playoffs with the win yesterday. NFC South battle and battle is used very very loosely. 10-7 Panthers with the win but it was not because of Sam Darnold 5 of 15 for Sam Darnold 32 net yards 43 yards but then 32 because he lost 11 yards on 2 sacks and he threw 2 picks yet despite that the Panthers somehow get the win 10-7 Chuba Hubbard, 21 carries, 69 yards. Dante Foreman, 12 carries, 68 yards. I don't even know how they managed to score. I think it was it must have been some defensive or I'm trying to find it. It I don't it doesn't say on my stat sheet how they were able to score 10 points, but they somehow did and they got the win. Panthers and Saints both finished 2022-23 with a 7 and 10 overall record. All right. Uh, can you pop that up on the screen for me there? Because I'm still having some some challenges over here. The next game. 
the next game would be Chargers Broncos, which, which you're skipping. So we go to Eagles Giants, and the Giants. Giants and Eagles. Taking a look at that. So if you can pop that, thank you very much. So yesterday, uh, Davis Webb got the start for the Giants. Uh, 168 and a touchdown yesterday. Jalen Hurts, who uh, came on to in that two-game losing streak, 229 yards through a pick yesterday. Uh, Boston Scott rushed for 54 yards and a touchdown. But the Eagles, the overall number one seed in the NFC playoffs, they finished with a 14-win season. Giants also playoff bound as well. They finished with a nine and seven record. Excuse me, uh, nine seven and one. They had the tie. Pardon me, nine seven and one. Eagles beat the Giants yesterday, twenty two to sixteen. NFC West showdown: San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Brock Purdy. It is rookie year, 5-0 as a starter, 15 of 20, 178 yards, and three, count them, three touchdowns. You also had two rushing touchdowns from Elijah Mitchell off five carries, 55 yards. Arizona going with David Bluff, 14 of 18 for 180 yards and a touchdown and two picks. Trace McSorley, 6 of 9, 29 yards and an interception. Does Cliff Kingsbury get fired today? We will see. Arizona, 4-13 and overall to finish the year. San Francisco, playoff-bound NFC West champs at 13-4. and And just quickly run through the rest of these here. Uh, you had the, the 49ers beating the Cardinals yesterday, 38-13. to The Seahawks able to uh, punch their ticket for the postseason with the overtime win against the, the Rams, 19-16. to And uh, for Seattle, they had the uh, – here's the – Overtime winning kick for the Seahawks. Okay. Do you want me to play it over here? Why don't you play it over there? Yes. All right, so this is take two, Seahawks <laughs> overtime winner. Field goal try from 32 for Myers for the win. And hope springs eternal in Seattle. Kevin Kugler and Fox on the uh, call there. All right, so let's quickly grab the rest of the scores. And uh, the, the Lions being the Packers last night, 20-16, to 16, keeps the Packers from going to the postseason. Dallas falls to Washington, 26-6 to 6 in that one. All right, so coming up next, we will take a break. We'll come back. We'll also have uh, the number game. But uh, Central girls basketball coach Mary Doan joins us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Central girls basketball coach Mary Doan on the team. And a conversation with Mary Doan brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Mary Doan, coach of the Central Girls basketball team with us. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for taking some time. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Doing well. Doing well, Mary. Uh, on the road this past weekend, uh, you finished up your weekend on the front range with a loss to Centaurus. 43-39, to 39, uh, Leanna Bryant had a, a really good game for you, three three-pointers. She had 15 points, but uh, played Douglas County. You played some really good teams this past weekend, faced uh, probably uh, your, your toughest stretch of games this season. Um, yeah, and, you know, the thing about it is I, I don't, I don't want to do that all the time, but uh, it was a great 
road trip in that if you think about iron sharpens iron. Um, we saw a lot of good teams for Collins. I mean, their their record doesn't you know say much. I mean, they're five and four, but they're a six eight team that is big and you know it's just different. It's different. It's different players, different. Uh, it's a different level and and um, a different game played on the on the eastern slope. So Fort Collins was is a tough game. Um, and then Douglas County. I mean, I, I, if they're not in the rankings right now for six A, they will be soon. Uh, with a ten and two record, and then you know Santaris, who's who was number three in five A, and might likely move up to one or two as well. What do you feel like you learned about your basketball team with playing for Collins, Douglas County, and Centaurus? You lost all three games, but what do you feel like you know, heading into league play starting Tuesday night with Montrose? What have you learned about your team? What has to get better now they're getting ready to uh, to dive into Southwestern League action? Well, you know, all three teams tried to play with man, and all three teams decided that zone was better, so... Um, I guess uh, one of the best outcomes was that we got better at our zone offense, you know, and, and running it and trusting it and finding the gaps. You know, so if you want to talk about, like, highlights and things that we improved at, um, that was good. Uh, the level of adversity that my players um, had to overcome on Saturday, you know, Christina's out right now indefinitely. Um, and then we also had two two players who violated team rules, and so we were played with eight kids on uh, on Saturday, and so that that level of adversity and that way that they played with that type of conviction, um, I mean, I felt like that was possible with them, and just trying to get them to pull it out and find how it was important enough to pull that out, and so you know, they think the big thing going forward for us is like, can we? Can we just play with that type of conviction in every game, that type of focus and and want to? Now to get into specifics, just more for a point of reference for tomorrow night with Montrose, <clears throat> the players that, that you suspended for violating team rules, will they be back for the Montrose game? What does that yeah. look like for you? So they'll be yeah. back? Yeah. So obviously make makes your job a whole lot easier when you can play more than just eight players in a basketball game. And, and speaking of uh, Steve Skiff and Montrose, uh, they're playing really well right now. Eight and one record on the season. Uh, they're coming off the win at Kent Denver on Saturday, forty-four to thirty-four. And so you jump right into league play against a Montrose team that's playing some outstanding basketball. Yeah, um, doesn't get easier, you know. And uh, I think that our easiest stretch of um, basketball games was the first week. So we just continue to get harder and harder, and and you hope to keep playing better and better and you want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year so I mean he's got he always does a good job with his his players and then he you know leading rebounder right now as a freshman so they kind of seem to always be able to reload which is, is nice when you're in a one horse town um and so yeah I mean we got it's not we got to um we, I mean we got to play with I mean there's no games we can take off you know and then you know turn around and play Glenwood who's been in the rankings, you know, all year long. So, uh, yeah, we just got to plug and take the lessons that we are learning right now and put them back, transfer them back on the court, and keep getting better. Mary Down, coach of the Central Girls basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. And when you look at the league this year, I mean, Montrose, they're they're always in the hunt. Uh, your team has been in that conversation the last couple of years, Mary. For the Monument, they're playing some really good basketball right now as well. So, this is that uh, that early battle for the league championship that uh, 
you know, I, I guess when you look at your basketball team, the expectation is is to try to win a league title, to get back to the playoffs. And you've had some challenges you referenced this past weekend, but now it's it's time to 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 focus on what the task is. Is first now trying to win a league title. It begins with Montrose Tuesday. You know, I um, I feel like our our league is much like college football in that you have to be undefeated. You know, it's just uh, there's not enough teams, um, and when you only play eight games in league, you don't have a chance to stumble and then recover. And so, yeah, I mean, every single game is there is no game to take off in our league. And uh, that is something that my girls want to accomplish. And so it does start tomorrow night with or without Christina. And our girls got to find a way to bottle the energy they played against Antares and put it out on the court and um, keep playing basketball at a high level. You mentioned they have two really good freshmen. Macy Berg is one of them, but uh, Briar Moss, the, the the senior, has been their leading scorer. She's a really good basketball player for Steve Skiff, and and it'll be a challenge to, to lock her down tomorrow night. Yeah, um, it will be. I mean, and then you know the big one with uh, Montrose always when you're playing in Montrose, uh, and you know, two things. Um, number one, the rebounding. Uh, they rebound the ball extremely well, uh, especially on their own court. And then, you know, the foul table, um, we're, we're on the road, and uh, we, have to, we have to know that and understand that and play defense with our feet and get in passing lanes and make contact on the boards and, and do those things. So, yeah, you know, we got our challenge with their players and, um, you know, not letting, letting one kid take over. Uh, but then we also need to do those other things right because they, they always tend to, especially on their own home court, um, do those little things really well, and, and offensive boards uh, can really hurt us. And we'll have the, both the boys and the girls games tomorrow night on the Monkey, 95.7 here in the Valley, and 93.5 in Montrose. Larry Newland, Pat Hooley will have the call of Montrose hosting Central. Pre-game at 545, girls tip it at 6, the boys at 730. Mary, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and, and good luck uh, taking on the Red Hawks tomorrow night. Absolutely, thank you. Appreciate it, Jim. Likewise, Mary Doan, coach of the Central Girls basketball team. A couple players out for violating team rules. Can't Christina do Man- that. Christina Manzanares, who's been their their top scorer, out with an injury right now, makes it tough. And then you got Montrose tomorrow night playing some really, really good basketball uh, for Steve Skiff. We hope to have Steve Skiff uh, join us on uh, tomorrow's program. All right, so uh, coming up we'll have uh, good call, bad call. Brought to you by Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Also, our prep stars and Mighty Mavs. Broncos get the win yesterday over the uh, Los Angeles Chargers after the game. Dave Logan talked with Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Tough year for sure, but a really nice way to end this season with a home victory. And uh, you guys, um, you know, you got it going in this game with some big, big plays. Yeah, he's, we had some huge plays, and guys just kept making big-time plays, one play at a time, being locked in. Uh, what a special night it was. I mean, the fans were unbelievable. They picked us up in a big way. Um, we just had a blast tonight. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what Broncos football should look like. Uh, tough, physical, but also playmakers making plays and having a lot of fun while doing it. And the fans were incredible tonight. Just their energy throughout the whole game. And when we feed off of that, and when they're connected with us, we, we, uh, we really feel that. And so that was really great tonight. And I know the season wasn't what we wanted it to be. Um, but at the same time, I know that uh, – to end it on a high note, we'll, we'll, we will be able to 
come back stronger than ever. And uh, we got the right pieces. You know, we got the right pieces. Um, you know, we got we got the right you know players and everything else. And um, you know, obviously, you always add some guys here and there and everything else. But um, it'll be exciting. I know. I know. Um, ownership group. You know, and and uh, and Greg and and the family and everybody and and George will do a great job of you know finding the best head coach for us to to excel and and to us to where where we need to go. You know, you um, you wind up throwing three touchdown passes tonight. I asked uh, I asked Coach Rosberg this very same question just a few minutes before you came on. I'm going to ask you. You're calling these games. This is year 33 for me. I've seen a lot of really good football, and I've seen some football that at times is not so good. But the last two games, from my perspective, looked different offensively. It just felt different to me. And I ask you as the quarterback of the team, did it, did it look and feel different to you the last couple of games offensively speaking? Yeah, I, mean, I definitely think so. We've had some really good moments and some really, really bad ones. And I think that the biggest thing that we needed to create is consistent identity in what we're doing. And I think that's what we were able to do over the past two games. And really, you know, that Kansas City game, the first game, we really caught, really caught on to that. Um, we really caught on to that, you know, in the second quarter on. And then fast forward, you know, obviously uh, the past two games, we really, really played great football, physical, ran the ball well. We, we play action it well. Threw it well. Guys made plays, and and uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun while doing it. And the defense was great. We were all connected on all three phases, and that's what that's what that's what it takes, you know. And that's what we were able to do. Last question. We'll get you out of here on this. What uh, what is the next um, let's say two weeks look like for you? Two weeks to a month. What what is what does your life look like now that the season's over? Well, you know, you always reflect. You always, you know. Um, I always like playing in, in February, <laughs> uh, but since we're not, you know, um, to me it's just to to kind of kind of recoup, you know, and just kind of re, um, refresh, you know, spend time with my family, my kids, my wife, you know, family. That's what matters, and uh, but also to to get ready to, you know, cycle. I'll start training tomorrow morning, uh, first thing, so I'll be ready to rock and roll. But just I think in the midst of it all, um, to try to to spend time with your family because for I don't know, for six, seven months, you've been away for the most part, you know, and you've been, you know, at the facility all morning, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. every night, you know, so it'd be good to spend time with my kids, spend time with C, but also I think the biggest thing is is to be able to, uh, you know, experience this, this opportunity, this new head coach, and see see where that goes. Obviously, that's going to take us a long way, hopefully, and uh, it's going to impact everybody here, and, and uh, we're looking for somebody that can, you know, is a, is a winner, someone that's done it at the highest level and can take us to where we need to go and also challenge us and make us all better, um, me included. And I'm excited about the opportunity um, of that. So, you know, you get away for a second, but, uh, you know, your mind's always on the game and just getting ready to see what happens here. Hey, listen, I, I appreciate uh, getting to know you and uh, thank you for your time this year. We look forward to catching up with you in the off season. Well, before you take off, I just want to say one thing. I, you know, you've been you've been nothing but first class. You know, all year, from the times that we get to sit in front of uh, front of each other in the radio show at the facility, to obviously after the games, and it hasn't all gone our way. But you've done it nothing but first class and a true gentleman, and that's why you're you're the best at what you do. And uh, I'm grateful for the time that we've been able to share together and uh, the experiences. And you're the you're the yeah, I'm a champ, but you're you're uh, you're the real all time champ. So I'm grateful to be in your presence and just spend time with you and talk football and talk. Talk the uh, talk Broncos country and where we're going. We're going somewhere. Going somewhere. It's going to take all of us, all of us fans. The support you guys give us in the off season means a lot. You know, um, 
knowing that it takes time, you know, things take time, but also knowing that uh, we're going to turn this thing around, and I can't wait to be a part of it. can't wait to help uh, help in any way and every way, and it's going to be a special time. So uh, get ready. We're excited for it. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Sounds good, Russell. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Okay. Appreciate you too, bud. Bye. All right. There's Dave Logan with Russell Wilson after yesterday's Broncos win over the Chargers. All right. 841, Jim along with Cake, and it's time to play the number game. Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. First correct text on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team text line, 970-242-1340. We'll get a case of Coors Banquet Beer. The answer is always a number. So if you say, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that that's wrong. It's got to be a number. It's got to be a number. Speaking of the Jaguars, Jaguars are AFC South champions. Congratulations. Not counting this year, how many times have the Jaguars made the postseason and... What is their win-loss record in the playoffs? All right, first correct answer today. Number one, must be 21 or older. If you've won the last two weeks, sit it out. to win a case of Coors Original from High Country Beverage. So text your answer in now. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Jim and Cake today, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 8 o'clock hour is the Preston Lee at Country Financial Hour. He believes in building relationships Supporting the community and serving others, have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Coming up, Brown's Cremation, Funeral Service, uh, Good Call, Bad Call, also our Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs. That's on the way next on The Jim Davis Show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Welcome back, Jim, along with Cake today. Preston Lee at Country Financial Hour. Believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, it's time for Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Good call, bad call. Was that a good call or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. All right, talked about this earlier. Bad call on the part of Brandon Staley playing starters into the third quarter. Mike Williams gets a back injury. Right? That's a bad call. That's a really bad call. That is a very bad call. Good call. ESPN on Saturday when they were broadcasting the uh, the NFL slate Saturday, switching the E on the little microphone cover backwards to look like a three in honor of DeMar Hamlin. That's a good call. That's a really good call. Also a good call. Lovey Smith winning to knock the Texans out of the number one overall pick when he knew he would be fired. He's like, fine, I'm just going to go out. We're just going to go out and have our best game of the season, arguably, as a last sort of. And that's also jab. a bad call because back to back years now they have fired. They fired David Culley after one year. Now yeah, they fire Lovey Smith. Well, it wasn't like Lovey Smith came in with lots of talent and things going the Texans' direction. No. Come on. Come yeah, on, bad. Cal McNary should should not have fired Lovey Smith. Bad call on the Texans to uh, fire Lovey Smith. Hundred percent agree. Also a bad call, Quay Walker shoving a Lions yeah. trainer. Like so, what happened was is the trainer was just kind of you know did the arm to kind of move Walker out of the way so he could get to the injured player, 
And Walker took that as some sort of, what are you doing? And tried to shove him back. And the guy's like, dude, just trying to do my job here. Bad call, Quay Walker. Good call to eject him. Okay, one final good call, bad call. Brought to you by Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Good call. Getting your funeral arrangements planned before that day comes. Bad call. Leaving it to your loved ones to have to deal with that mess. Aaron Rodgers, Sunday. At some point, the carousel comes to a stop and it's time to get off. And I think you kind of know when that is. And that's what needs to be contemplated. Is it time? Also, what's the organization doing? That's part of it as well. But the competitive fire is always going to be there. Good call or bad call? Good call that he's going to retire? Or bad call? I, I, you know, the good call is he's just screwing with us. It's a bad call to say that I think he's re- going to retire. I think he just likes to mess with people. I, I really agree. do. Yep. I think he's a troll. I think he's a media troll. Yep. All right. That's good call, bad call. Time for Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs. Uh, you have those? I uh, Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Oh, God. If you don't have them, that's that's okay. Uh, I can't find them. Oh, this is embarrassing. Well, yeah, I can't find them. For our prep stars today. <sighs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Fruita Monument girls basketball player Liv Campbell, 21 points, and uh, Fruita's oh, one of her chat field. I found it. Okay. All right, here's prep stars. Okay. Well, it hasn't opened, too, oh. but that's all right. There we go. It's time to let the stars shine. It's been a rough morning. Not, not just for you. It's prep stars on the Jim Davis Show. But for me as well. There we go. Prep stars. Hey, Liv Campbell of Fruto Monument. 21 points one over Chatfield. That's my female prep star of the week. Central's J.P. Espinosa. Three pins and a decision to win the 113-pound weight championship at the Leo Rex Invitational at Littleton. Congratulations to him. Prep star girl from me, for the Monuments, Savannah Turner on the basketball court. Not to be outdone by her teammate, Olivia Reed, who had a lot of points in their Olivia, win. Olivia Campbell. Olivia Campbell, excuse me. Um, but for Savannah Turner, she got nine rebounds, six of them defensively, three offensively, and had four steals in the win over Chatfield. So Savannah Turner, my uh, girl prep star for the week. All right. Do we have Mighty Mavs? Yes, we have Mighty Mavs as well. Okay. Best of CMU Sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. All right. You unintentionally mentioned her, but Olivia Reed of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks in the win against Colorado Christian. She's my female Mighty Mav. Female Mighty Mav for me goes to Jameson Heaton. Again, Shadron, a double-double with 12 points and 10 rebounds, and then she came oh so close to getting another double-double the next night against CCU with 9 points and 7 rebounds against the Cougars. All right, my men's Mighty Mav, Blaze 3, 18 points in the win over Colorado Christian. Maverick men have now won seven straight. Helping to win them seven straight for the Mavs is teammate Trevor Baskin against the Eagles. 14 points and assist, five rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. And then against the Cougars, he had 17 points, six boards, a pair of assists, and a block and a steal. So Trevor Baskin, my male, mighty uh, mighty Mav for this one. All right, very good. All right, so uh, since I'm having some text line issues and computer issues in general this morning, uh, what we have? Do we have any uh, new texts on the Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line? We do, and we will have a winner for the. Uh, oh, let's start with that. Game. Let's start with that first. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. And we will have a winner, Kit, getting the uh, Coors beer today. Seven times have the Jaguars made the playoffs, not counting this season. Seven times their record, seven and seven. Seven wins, seven losses, seven times they've made the playoffs. Sadly, one of those against the Broncos. Oh, yeah. We were all there. Well, I wasn't. I don't think I was alive yet. But yeah, yeah. You or would have uh, been 96. So I would have been like one. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're Kit, just a wee lad. Just a wee little boy. So, Kit, I will award you the beer. I'll send you the official confirmation text here in a second. All right. Congratulations, Kit. By the way, Monday through Thursday, 8 to 5 is our office hours for when you can come in to pick up prizes. Fridays were closed. Uh, we're here, but the front office is closed. Uh, Jolene Malumba, by the way, congratulations to Jolene, our uh, winner this past weekend with our Pile Pigskin Pick'em, powered by Kistner Motors. She gets an oil change over at uh, Bozarth Miller Chevrolet. So congratulations to Jolene. On that, make sure you get your picks in. Pile Pigskin Pick'em, it's easy to play. It's powered by Kistner Motors. You have a chance to win... Uh, one of two $500 gift cards to play it again, Sports at Valley Plaza, and that big green egg smoker and grill, courtesy of Mark and the good folks at it, Fruta Co-op Country. Must be 21 or older. Go to our website, theteam1340.com. Click on the link and get your picks in for Wild Card Weekend coming up, which will have all the action right here on the team coming up this weekend. All right, so next hour, 850-KOA, Benjamin Albright. He is one of the co-hosts, along with Ryan Edwards of Broncos Country, uh, weeknights on 850 KOA. So he will join us, get his thoughts on the Broncos coaching search, which right now looks like Jim Harbaugh this week. And in the very near future, it's going to be Sean Payton talking with Broncos ownership. He's actually already had a, a conversation with them. And so uh, we'll get uh, Benjamin's thoughts about that coming up in just a little bit. So... The good, the bad, the ugly today. What makes your list? If you got a prediction, we haven't really talked about it this morning. We've had a lot of other things going on. Tonight's national championship game. TCU in Georgia. Tomorrow, Wyatt Thompson will join us at uh, 740 to look back at uh, the national championship game. Can Max Duggan and TCU can you know, continue this Cinderella Horn Frog story all the way to a national championship? Or will it be the Bulldogs with what I believe in the f- will be the first time in the college football playoff era that they've had a back-to-back champion championship, correct? That would be correct. Okay. I, so, didn't, I didn't want to sound like an idiot. No. More so than I already do. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, so, you know, and, and looking at just very quickly our TCU, the job that Sonny Dykes did. Absolutely. Where using the transfer portal – to replace key guys, his starter who got benched, who became the starter again in Max mm-hmm. Duggan, having having the confidence in Duggan to come in and came into the Colorado game in the second half. And the rest is history, the way Max Duggan played the season. Runner-up to Caleb Williams for the Heisman Trophy. Should be, I think it's going to be a great game tonight. It will. Between Georgia and and TCU. So we've got some thoughts on that today as well. Broncos getting the win in their final game of the regular season yesterday. Broncos coaching search. Text us. Call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. 850 KOA's Benjamin Albright coming up next.